This family business began with one man and a produce push cart in the 1920s and has since grown to 12 Singari Family ShopRite supermarkets across Connecticut, part of the Wakefern Food Corp, the largest food retailer cooperative in the U.S. Hey, I'm Amy Souter, your host for the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We deliver fresh takes on keeping your business and your life healthy, full of fresh fruits and vegetables. Today's episode features a conversation with a member of the family's fourth generation to work in their grocery business, Tom Singari, Vice President of Produce, Floral, and E-Commerce. Tom talks about the modernization they've done at the flagship Norwalk, Connecticut store, sustainable changes, produce trends, and digital impulse buys. So let's join the chat with Tom. Hey, this is Amy Souter, the Retail and Education Editor at The Packer and the editor of PMG, Produce Market Guide. And today we have with us the Vice President of Produce, Floral, and E-Commerce at the uh, Tom Singeri of the Singeri Family ShopRite. And there's 12 stores across Connecticut. Um, And welcome. Hi, very nice to be here. How's it going? Yeah, not bad. Yeah. (laughs) So I have heard that your store in Norwalk is, uh, has just undergone or is currently uh, going through a lot of uh, renovations or changes. And a lot of it has to do with sustainability. Um, Can you tell me, maybe tell me a little bit about just your family's group of stores? Sure. Yeah. So um, I'll give you a, like a quick high level view of how we started. And so I'm actually the fourth generation um, in my family business. My great grandfather started the company in the 1920s. Um, He was, he had a small push cart is how it actually started and how he started selling food. And gradually over the past, you know, 80 years, we have evolved into a um, a group of 12 supermarkets and um, we joined the Wakefern co-op in 1992. Um, before that, we were just known as Grade A Market. We only had uh, two stores at the time, three stores at the time. And um, we are now, like I said, we've grown now to 12 supermarkets all in the state of Connecticut. And um, so, yeah, we are, we have just, undergone and we're about 90 to 95 percent done with our renovation of our flagship store in Norwalk, Connecticut. Um, We've literally done everything from when you walk in the door straight through. We've we've gotten everything from, you know, a new produce department to as you go along, every single department has been totally renovated. Um, Everything from the floor to brand new cases, uh, new decor package going along the store. It, it's funny because when I see customers walking in that haven't been in a few months, they don't even recognize it. It's a it, it's a t- completely different look for us. And um, we've gone really, really heavy on the perishable side of the business. So obviously, you know, produce and floral. And as you as you go along the perimeter of the store, we've really updated uh, <clears throat> that part of of the store, and it it, it looks amazing. Um, and so as far as 
sustainability. Um, what we've done is we've converted all of our uh, refrigeration cases over to high efficiency. And so even though we, we've added probably 10 to 15% more refrigeration to the store with, with the additions that we've put on, we're actually saving about 30% in energy by doing that. Um, and one of the ways that we've done it is we've converted, a, like I said, we've converted them all over to high efficiency. And we've also converted a lot of like the dairy and frozen, uh, the dairy and frozen aisles to doors instead of being open cases. So you're just by doing that, you're essentially not oh. outputting as much refrigeration and it's able to recycle itself better. And we've saved a ton of energy just by doing that. So that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. And so uh, one of the other ways, uh, you know, sustainability wise, what we've done over the past couple of months is we have teamed up with um, an, an energy company. And what we've done is, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name on here, but um, what we've done is we've, we've over the past about five years, we have, what would happen with perishable goods is they would all basically just go in the trash. I mean, a lot of times we would, what we could salvage, we would send over to food pantries and food banks and stuff like that. But there was never really an, 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 you know, an outlet for some of that perishable waste, which is obviously everything from produce to meat and all that stuff. And um, we teamed up with a company called Quantum and they now take all of our organic waste and they process it in what's called like a, um, a digester and mm. it, and it, and it, and it, and what it does is it, um, encapsulates all of like the ethylene gas that would typically just go out into the atmosphere and it would go out as a greenhouse gas. It actually encapsulates that and, and turns that into energy. And they actually are able to, to, um, send power to like an entire part of one town in Southington, Connecticut, all using organic waste. So that is cool. so cool. Yeah. And so all, <laughs> all, all 12 of our stores um, are now uh, on board with this program. Um, you know, if I were to take a step back, take a step back, we were, we've been composting for years and years, um, probably about seven or eight years now we were doing a composting um, program, but now we're sending everything to quantum and they're able to turn that into energy, which is, very cool and we're super proud to be part of it does organic waste uh what does that include i mean besides fresh produce obviously yeah yeah uh, it, it, it includes anything food? that breaks down so even any dairy product meat um anything anything that is like a fresh product any type of meat or produce even you know bread milk cream bread everything and that all gets, you know, it, it gets broken down um, into the into these digesters, and then the energy is harvested from there. It's That's so very, cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's also less, obviously, less waste that we have to haul out. So less energy costs from trucks that have to, you know, haul dumpsters. And there's is a there's a long downstream effect of getting some of that super heavy waste. Yeah. Um, up there so that was my next question was like is this service ex i mean expensive you're like an ongoing payment that you make or fee you pay but then if you were paying for 
the the waste before like it, I think it's net. I think it's net neutral um, as far as a dollar standpoint. You know, we didn't do it to to save money. I mean, although that would have been nice, we yeah. didn't do it to <laughs> save money. It was it was more. You know, we we recognized how big of a, a you know how big of a of a span that we have on the state, just the amount of customers coming in and out of our stores every week. That you know, how could we? put together a sustainability plan that supports that. And, you know, so we really wanted to go big on trying to create a greener and, you know, better environment. And that's, and this was probably the best way we could have done it. And we couldn't have done it without, you know, some of the partners that we work with, but it's been going great so far. And um, they're a great partner of ours. Uh, yeah. Cause I was imagining what would stop another retailer from doing something like that. And it was just, basically yeah. the concern an, of, of the cost of doing it maybe but. sure um it's definitely a new er technology so it's not like this technology has been around forever um so we kind of took advantage of it on the earlier side and hopefully these types of programs are um you know replicated and people can start doing this across the country. And I know that, you know, out on the West coast, they're a little bit ahead of this on, than on the East coast, but it's definitely a, a, a trend that we are, you know, seeing across the board. Um, with like other like competitors or just other. Not in our area, businesses. you know, uh, you know, blue earth compost is the name of the company. And then they're, you know, I, I believe that they're, uh, they're called, you know, quantum biopower is, is their, 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 their other arm, but, um, yeah, they, they came to us and we partnered with them. It's been great. And I don't know of any other ones in our area, but the, you know, they were the first ones to start doing it here. So yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. I, I visited a family owned store with only one location in Brooklyn and they showed us some kind of digester. Yeah, they had from a different company, I think. But yep, yeah. There's a deep, that, there's I think there's a few in the New York metro area as well. Um, um, but yeah, this is twelve stores and powering part part of a city or a town. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't it's know so if it's cool. part if it's part of the town or if it's the whole town, but it's a it's a decent chunk. That would be a headline if it was the whole town. Yeah, I don't think it's the whole town, but I think it, it's <laughs> like like the government buildings. Like they're doing a really good job, and it's a it is a large chunk of energy that they were able to take off the grid. And then obviously there's less, there's more of that for everybody else. But it's you know it's a it's a great alternative energy source. Yeah, of something of something that they got basically out of thin air and something that would have typically just gone in the garbage as waste. Um. Can you talk to me a little bit about what's different in the produce department, even if it doesn't relate to sustainability, but um, what makes it modern? Like, What are the new kinds of shelving that, yeah. you know, um, or just what are the innovations in the produce department that are, that make it modern? Yeah. I mean, one of the, I'll start with the sustainability innovation is we're, we're actually putting less on refrigeration, um, which sounds not good, but in the end, we're, we're, we're using less energy that way. Um, and it's, it just shows the customer, the product a lot better. And so what we've done is we've gone with all like wooden bin style tables and I could send you some pictures after this, but, um, 
it's it's everything is right like very very low to the ground everything is on like wooden field bins so you could see over the entire department and see all of the color and mm. um it just looks incredible and it, it gets people excited about about buying produce again and you know there's not that much innovation as you know in regards to the merchandising side of it um but we do our best to try to you know give the customer in every neighborhood that we're in exactly what they're looking for right so that's what makes us great is we can give that level of detail and um you know every one of our stores all 12 stores are totally different with the clientele that's that are walking in um so what we're able to do is really kind of modify each store to the community and the demographic that that we're in and serve that community that way so oh could you give an example like if you have a, like certain ethnic population that's higher like say you have more hispanic people in one area do you put yeah certain traditionally eaten by hispanic Definitely. people produce yeah. like plantains or i don't know what but yeah the, the the store that that we're talking about now like norwalk and some of our stanford stores um a, a very high hispanic clientele and they have you know that they, they use a totally different array of products uh in the produce department than you know other demographics you know a lot of them are you know like you said plantains limes cilantro have to have the right type of cilantro not just any cilantro it has to be the right kind which which kind uh so it's basically just like it, it's a higher end cilantro that has it's more fragrant mm. and so it's like stuff like that and you know like you said plantains avocados uh, onion. onions is a big one yucca very very big um bananas you know even like green cooking bananas is something you wouldn't typically hear about but um we sell uh, a lot of them and so it's like products like that um that we bring in that people give like gives people a, a more of a feeling of home that you know a lot of times they can't get those products in other places and we we do our best to bring all that stuff in and keep it in stock for them and, you know and we try to be everything to everybody right so you know every store is going to have a different mix but you know the the same products um that we may display in norwalk may not be the same products that we display you know up in fairfield and some of the other areas that we do business and i believe that's one of the best things that we do is we're able to tailor the store to the to the community that we're in that seems really important yeah and it's something that a lot of supermarkets these days are, are getting away from just because they're bigger corporations and they're not able to give that level of detail we're proud of that so cool um and then um, what about this whole food is medicine movement, um, getting the vibe from some produce leaders that uh, selling produce with just the idea that it's good for you is not always the best motivation. Um, you have to like the way to really get people to do things is because just it has to be fun and taste great and look great. Yep. And um, the like, you should eat this is not a great long-term motivation. It's you want right. to do, you want to do it, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. And you know, the consumer has changed, you know, um, and they're more informed at this point uh, of what, what different products in the produce department do what, you know, it's almost like value add for a lot of these things. And, you know, some of the trends that I've seen, obviously since 
the start of the pandemic was this citrus the citrus category completely exploded and like we couldn't even keep the amount of citrus in stock that people that the demand was calling for and you know everything from you know clementines and mandarins to navel oranges lemons limes um every type of citrus you know grapefruits everything just because of the vitamin c aspect of things and i think people were looking at their overall health a little bit differently with you know with the you know the COVID 19 pandemic and i think that that kind of stuck and um oh we're seeing okay t- tremendous growth from when we look at about three or four years ago in the citrus category to now and you know it's not just the citrus category there there, there are other you know products in the produce department that people are gravitating towards you know another one of them is pomegranates right so like pomegranates have a lot of health you know aspects to them beets you know have their own specific health you know qualities to them and you know heart health and other things like that and another thing is like cold pressed juice um mm. a lot of people are trending towards you know it's they're not cheap right but you're getting a tremendous health benefit from, you know, you wouldn't have eaten a bunch of kale and a lemon and cayenne pepper and ginger and all of those oh, things. Oh, that drink. <laughs> singly, you know, and, but yet they could, they could drink some of these cold pressed juices and get, you know, the added vitamins and minerals from those um, while they're driving to work. So, it's, you know, it's, it's things like that, that we've been seeing um, trending upwards in the produce de- in the produce departments for sure. Oh, that goes with the convenience requirement of like, despite inflation and some people's budgets being uh, yeah. tighter, they still convenience is still something that they're willing to pay more for sometimes. Like those juices, you it's just easy to yeah. Not that people I, are going to work more than they were when they were staying home. Totally, and you know, even if you look at like a clementine or a mandarin, we call them mandarins. Right. So if, if you look at like a Mandarin, um, it's something that you could literally throw in your pocket, and peel in the car on your way to wherever you're going, give give them to your kids in their lunch boxes. And it's stuff like that, um, that, you know, that's been trending over like the past four or five years. But um, even more so in the pandemic, um, we've seen just like that quality and convenience, but yet you're still getting vitamins and minerals from those things those are the items that we're seeing huge upticks in, especially for families with children and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, as we head into January, February, March and cold flu season. Yeah. And oh, guess, we're there. We're there right now. We're in it. Yeah, right now. <laughs> but yes, it, it, yeah. it, as Any we get have into, kids, we already know that. <laughs> yes, yes, 100%. Um, and I just realized like a month ago or something that my three-year-old can can peel a, a mandarin himself yeah at three and he, he learned that skill he's got good parents just they are really eat, right? easy peeling they, they are, really yeah. are yeah uh, and, and the ones that are the easiest to peel are the best ones so the best know, tasting a lot of times they are oh. because that's like when they're in the height of like the season which is like oh. right now right now we're in like the height of the season of like the best varieties of some of that citrus um, coming out of California. Um, and it's so, and it hits right at the right time, right? Where when everybody's looking for the vitamin C is when it's the most prevalent and, um, and when it has the best cost and we're able to promote it and, you know, keep it on our front tables all the time. And we're, we're seeing that people are definitely taking more of, of a, you know, of like hold of their health 
and they're seeking out, you know, we're even getting requests for things that we would have never even carried in the past that, um, you know, people are looking for. And so we really? get those like products what? in. Um, a lot of times, like you'll, you'll even get requests for things that are out of season. Like where's the rhubarb? And we're like, Oh, well, we can't really get that right it's now. It's really seasonal. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, you just like celery and stuff like, like celery stocks where people are juicing celery. Oh, that, celery that's a health cake. trend and, and yeah. different, you know, different colored beets and different colored carrots, you know? Oh yeah. I want carrots. those too. Yeah. And people are, uh, you know, some people are using them too, whether they're roasting them or cooking them or they're juicing them and, um, or making smoothies with them. And it's really a nice thing to see that people are kind of, you know, they have more information available to them through the internet and through social media and through retail dietitians and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that, um, they're, you know, they're becoming more informed and their buying habits are, are showing it. So, I mean, not the we we know that the pandemic isn't over, but it's been three. Uh, what is it? Almost three. We're approaching in like three months. Yeah, be three years. Three years. Um, I mean, and you said the, the cit- I mean, when you cit- citrus plus like garlic and what, garlic, like, yeah, that went all crazy definitely. high. Um, and you said it's it's not gone like back to what it was four years ago, but yeah. it must have dropped a little bit. Like, is it, but it's still like significant Oh, from like the height of the pandemic. Sure. Yeah. I mean, when, when the pandemic happened, you know, there was a ton of panic buying happening. And so I think it was just people that were scared and thought that the, that the food chain was going to break, which it it did in certain ways. Um, You know, during the course of those three years, there were definitely breaks in the chain at certain parts of it. Um, And so I think it was more just, panic buying and also to be frank people were home you know so all of all the restaurants were closed you know in in my area and where you are most of the people were commuting into the city and going to their office whereas all of those offices closed down and everyone was either home or in a in a local office so a lot more meals were were at home um and so some of those some of those meals that maybe they were eating in the office, they were now eating at home. So you saw a spike just from that as well. Right. Whereas now a lot of those people have gone back to the office. But I and restaurants that, are open. Yep. Restaurants are open. Every, all the restaurants are open. But what we did see is I believe during that year, year and a half period, is people got used to cooking for themselves. People got, you know, people took more ownership in what they were eating and why and when. And that's a good thing for us. And, you know, we try to educate them as much as possible and less meals on the go, less fast food, which translated to, you know, obviously people eating at home more, like I had said. And we definitely saw that as, as being something that stuck for sure. And people also, I think, realized how much money that you can save by not eating out as much. Yeah. Right. Um, not that food costs are are anything to shake a stick at because you know inflation well, is is a real thing. Um, but um, it is at restaurants and fast food places too. So right, and they have to you know, and they have to do what they have to do to get to you know to operate their business as well. So I think we're seeing you know a, a slight change in a percentage wise of people that are eating home, and also you know just people like I said taking more ownership in their health. So that's something that I was wondering if it kind of would just go back to how it was before, but it's, it's still there and maybe some of it did. 
some of it did, but you know, there are still people, you know, there's a, there's a healthy percentage of those people that were then forced to be remote that stayed remote, you know, that are still remote. Um, I didn't get that opportunity to be remote <laughs> because I don't have that option. But, you know, a lot of those, those people learned how to cook during the pandemic, you know, somebody in their twenties that just got out of college or, or whatever, they could be in their thirties and forties that just, you know, never really had the time to do it, you know, had then had the time and were home and, and kind of started on Instagram, looking at recipes and seeing some great, you know, some of the cool stuff that was out there that wasn't really that hard to do. And kind of, yeah. I, I felt like, you know, a, a whole generation of people learned how to cook and got excited about cooking at home again. And uh, I think that's a good thing all around. So. And that's lasting. That's like a lasting effect. Yeah. Like, yeah. 100%. Um, and then you mentioned social media and, uh, the internet. So, um, I know people can go to ShopRite's, um, website and, yeah. and order delivery or pick up yep. from you and go to your stores. Um, and I wanted to ask about how I, I had heard a, a quote from, uh, uh, Joe Watson of the International Fresh Produce Association at the mm -hmm. retail conference, he'd said uh, about approximately 40% of uh, produce sales were impulse buys that he had heard that somewhere. I believe that. And yeah, I believe, I believe that. That is, I was actually, I was actually down at the show. Oh, you were there too. Okay. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that shocked I, me and I wrote that I down. <laughs> I believe that for sure. Um, you know, which is, which brings merchandising into it and and why people buy with their eyes. And a lot of times they may not have come in for X, Y, and Z, but they saw it and it looked great and they bought it. So I, you know, 40%, I mean, that seems a little on the high side, but I definitely could believe it. Obviously he's got the insight into that. So um, yeah, I, I totally believe that. And I, I forgot what your question okay, was. So oh, my question was, how like that impulse buys are i think that meant in the store the impression i got um so since that is how do you translate that to the the online shoppers how do you get impulse buys to happen online it's um, it's it's really hard and <laughs> it's 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 something that you know the only real way to do it is through social media and you know we do something every week called like the pick of the week right and and it's in our ad and most of the people that are on um shopping online are using our online ad and so they're able to kind of get inspired by our produce page of what's you know what's in season and what we're doing in the pick of the week it could be something fun like a blood orange or you know a special type of citrus or anything you know that's kind of new and exciting or in season that just came out and you know one of the ways we do that is is through our promotional ad and just showing them you know broccoli's on sale for 99 cents this week and it's really great um obviously you can't get them physically to see that broccoli or to see the store which is most of what that impulse is all about but we try to do it through promotion and through social media and we do you know we do some videos on social media just explaining some of the new and exciting stuff that's coming out 
how we're a family business and all of that stuff. And so that's really the only way to reach that customer. It's, 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 it's hard. And it's something that we, we've been working on for a long time and continue to work on trying to get them to do impulse buys. And, you know, it's not just produce. It's, it's all across the store. A lot of that impulse stuff, you know, floral flowers. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one. You know, a lot of people will, it's a very, very, very low online sales for flowers because that's a, that's an impulse buy, you know, and um, certain bakery items, and certain seafood items. But, you know, we try to do that through, like I said, channels like social media and, and our online ad. Where is your online ad? Uh, it's on ShopRite.com. Okay. So you could get it either on ShopRite.com um, or through our mobile app, which is just the ShopRite app. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And do you know offhand the in, the like uh, the social media handles that they could find? Is it the shop yeah. in general or your specific? So uh, either one, we have a social media page for every one of our stores. Um, oh. we try to, yeah, we try to keep it local in that regard. And, you know, so everything that we post social media wise doesn't apply to every, every town because some of them are like local news things and stuff like that. So each one of our locations has its own Facebook page. What would the Norwalk one be? Shop right of Norwalk. Oh. Yeah. So they're all like so, up the town. Yeah. Um, we well, we the only ones that are different are in, in our Stanford stores. We have four stores in the same town. So they're by geographic location in that town. Uh-huh. And that's how it works. But everybody everywhere else is is the town that they're in. So if you type in either the zip code or the town that you're in, you'll you'll get it. It'll pop. Okay. Great. Sure. Any other thoughts? As we round out the end of 2022, sounds like we we hit pretty much everything. Um, you know, I'm I'm uh, on the produce committee at Wake Fern and I'm I'm involved in the IFPA. So I'm uh, I had a great time down at the show uh, in Orlando. Learned a lot, met a lot of growers and, and packers, and we really you know harvested. No pun intended harvested some really great uh, relationships down there uh, with some of the growers that we've been doing business with for many, many, many years. And also, you know, we've, we met some new ones that we're excited to partner with. So, you know, we're trying to keep that, that grower retailer relationship alive and strong. And uh, we wouldn't be anywhere without them. So had a great time down at the show. And that's really it. And I really, you know, I thank you for taking the time to listen to me drone on. Yeah. Thank you for, for sharing with us. I, I bet it'll help people and it's very interesting. So thank you. Awesome. I appreciate it. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. I was impressed by this organic waste digester and the company that can turn that waste into energy and power part of a nearby town. So cool. Anyway, check out our other Tip of the Iceberg podcast episodes. In our last episode, we partnered with Equitable Food Initiative to hear from Amit Patel, Nature Suites Marketing Director, about the Nature Suite Associates Under the Label program, which enables shoppers to see and hear from the farm workers who actually grow their food. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button and rate us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. It really does help us out. And have you heard of our free professional development courses at produceedu.com? There's a produce buying fundamentals course and a merchandising 101 course, among several others. 
Hey, showing your course completion certificate couldn't hurt when you ask for a raise or a new role. Remember, it's at produceedu.com. And turn over a new leaf for 2023. It's not too late. And enter PMG's next merchandising display contest, the Winter 2023 Produce Artist Award Series. By the entry deadline of March 4th, send us photos of your winter produce displays, especially potatoes, broccoli, cauliflower, winter greens, citrus, mushrooms, and Chilean produce. Email those pics about 6 to 10 at artists at producemarketguide.com. That's artists with an S, plural. In this episode's show notes, you can find many ways to follow us for more produce information, news, tips, and insights. And we'll have more of these great produce industry and healthy lifestyle conversations coming soon. Thanks so much. I hope you learned something useful and inspirational. Talk to you next time.